Welcome back, Brooklyn Nets fans. It's the first day of free agency, at least the first day of announcing free agency and all the signings. Nets had a few moves today. Cam Johnson's back on a four-year, I think, 108, yes, $108 million deal. A little more than I expected and, and would have hoped for, but, you know, after seeing Fred Van Vliet's contract, maybe it's not that bad. Um, some other things. Joe Harris got traded, the longest tenure net who's been here since... 2016 maybe it's been a while maybe even 2015 but joe harris longest tenure net out the door trade him to the pistons for two second round picks basically just a salary dump i mean kind of surprised you know it seemed like joe harris was a huge sean marks guy i'm sure the nets realized last year if they're being honest with themselves that joe harris was not the same guy i said it all year last year he just was not the same after the ankle surgery so it sucks, but it is what it is. The Nets get him off the books for now. Utah Watanabe goes to the Suns. I just saw Seth Curry went to the Mavericks and joins Kyrie. Um, but yeah, we'll talk about all that stuff and where the Nets are going forward from here. Is there a big move coming or will they try to spend this next season under the luxury tax and avoid the repeater tax and save themselves some money? So I hope you guys enjoy. Leave a like, subscribe to the podcast, all that stuff. And let's get into it. We'll start with the Joe Harris thing because that happened first throughout the day. It probably happened around like 2 o'clock today or so, 3 o'clock. But yeah, I mean, not the biggest surprise, I guess. I mean, it's only surprising because you just know the Nets front office and Sean Marks love that guy. That's the only way it's surprising. I mean, from a basketball standpoint, it makes a lot of sense. Like, Joe Harris is now 31. He's on an expiring contract, and the Nets are trying to shed salary, as we know. So... It made all the basketball sense to get rid of this guy, and, you know, it does suck. I'm sure that the Nets did want Joe to retire a net if things worked out, but as I said, after that second ankle surgery, he was just not the same. He just really did not look nimble and good on his feet. He became a, you know, he was never a great defender, but he was, you know, he was average to pretty good. He was really bad last year at certain points. He was not able to stick with certain guys. And Harris's cap hit next year was basically $20 million, $19.9 million. So the Pistons take that on. And, you know, it was kind of a big brain move in a way because the Pistons were one of those teams, I think them and the Rockets and maybe somebody else, were one of those teams that were rumored to go after Cam Johnson. Of course, the Nets signed Cam Johnson to a, uh, as I said, a much bigger deal than I expected and probably all of us expected. I mean, maybe, you know, I heard some rumblings of like, you know, $25 million per year, but $27 million per year is what he actually got. So a little surprising. But anyway, look, Joe Harris, I mean, I don't know. I, you have good memories with Joe, and then, of course, there's the playoffs and especially 2021 after the injuries to Kevin and or not Kevin to uh, Kyrie and James Harden. They really needed Joe Harris to step up in that series. He had a chance in game seven with a minute to go to put them up three, missed a shot, of course. So that's what Joe Harris will be remembered for. But he did have like three or four really, really good years with the Brooklyn Nets. Um, probably got overpaid. But as I said, before the injury, he was a really good player. He was probably the Nets like fourth or fifth best player even when the superstars were here. So, you know, it sucks how it ended, but he did lead the league in three-point percentage twice when he was here, a great floor spacer. As I said, he was a pretty decent defender for a while, finished at the rim very nicely. So I do have some fond memories of Joe, but of course the playoffs, it kind of, you know, gets stuck in your head, obviously. And the Nets had so many high expectations that year. So kind of sucks how that went. For Cam Johnson, so once again... I'm going to look up his stats from last year. He definitely had a scoring uh, 
His scoring went up when he was with the Nets last year. He had more shots, of course, as compared to when he was in Phoenix. With the Nets last year, he was averaging 16.6 a game. He was averaging 13.9 a game on Phoenix. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's good to see him back. And he did struggle a bit from three when he came over to Brooklyn. Um, but before the trade, he was shooting 45% from three last year in Phoenix. So I think he's probably somewhere between that. Overall, last year, he did shoot 40% from three, 42% the year prior to that. So Cam Johnson, you're getting a, of course, versatile guy, 6'8", who can stretch the floor. The thing about him is, can he bring his game to another level? That's really the question. Like, we saw some off-the-dribble stuff. We saw some, you know, pull-up jump shots off the dribble. If he can do that consistently, like, that's nice. That's going to really elevate him as a player overall. But if he's just a catch-and-shoot guy making this type of money... It's going to be a little disappointing. So hopefully there's more to his game. We saw him put on, uh, put the ball on the floor in the playoffs last year and dunk on Joel Embiid, I think, maybe twice. No, I think it was once and almost twice. So that was cool to see. He definitely has that in his bag as well. But as I said, defensively, he's a plus. Um, Shooting-wise, definitely a plus. Can he just improve as a playmaker and, and shooting off the dribble? That's the big thing. So we'll see if he can do that. But, yeah, I mean, look, it's a bit of an overpay, but NBA contracts are pretty crazy these days. And... You know, kind of is what it is. For Utah Watanabe and Seth Curry leaving, it's not too much of a surprise. There was a rumor about a week ago that um, the Suns were looking into Utah Watanabe, which pretty much means Kevin Durant wanted him and he got him. I know KD's camp will always say he's not involved in the general manager decisions, but uh, with a move like that, I would say... Uh, I think otherwise. Him and Utah definitely had some good chemistry last year, so it's a good fit for them. But, uh, you know, not a guy who obviously is going to change the Nets' trajectory. I mean, losing Utah Watanabe is not going to change things too much, but he was a nice guy to have around, just like a fan favorite. Teammates loved him, so he had a nice year last year. Probably the most well-liked five-point-per-game score in Nets history, so... Definitely going to miss Utah a bit, but oh well. Um, Seth Curry, I mean, that was going to happen. We pretty much knew that from for a long time, that Seth Curry was going to be gone. Bringing him back made no sense to this team. The big thing here, now there's there's been some speculation. I think it's just fans. I don't think there's any reports about this. Is the idea of possibly trading Nick Claxton, which I don't really get. Kind of get it, but I also don't really get it. I don't see the point in trading Claxton right now. I know he has one more uh, one more year left on his deal before he needs a big extension. So if the Nets don't have plans of re-signing Claxton, of course, like you would be proactive and trade him now. But I do like Claxton. Like, I'd rather keep him around. I think he is one of the most versatile defenders in the league. He's probably one of the best defenders in the league overall. So when you have a guy at his size that can do that, and has shown improvements every year, not just on the floor, but even like his durability. I think Claxton has upped his games played in every single season in his four years in the NBA. He went from, trying to see real quick, he went from 15 games to 32 games to 47 games to 76 last year. Led the NBA in field goal percentage at 70.5%. And Claxton, you know, was great in just about every category as compared to his, you know, previous career totals. So even free throws, he got better, I believe, right? It was 54%. Well, he did go down technically. It was 58% the year before that in 21-22. But last year's free throw percentage was 54%. I don't know. I mean, I feel like he just looked more comfortable at the line. I think it'll, it'll come for him eventually. But like, with net centers, once again, it's a little concerning. I could see a world where Claxton's traded. It would not shock me at all because 
as a Nets fan, I feel like nothing can shock you at this point. We've seen everything the past few years, especially, but I would rather keep him. He's still just 23, 24. Uh, Yeah, he just turned 24 recently. So I think there's a lot more growth for Claxton. Of course, it comes down to developing a jump shot. I know he had that shoulder injury in his first year, I think it was, and that definitely could hinder his jump shot. Maybe it's just never going to happen for him, but even if Claxton does not develop a jump shot, he's still a very good guy to have on your team. Now, of course, you can trade anybody, but it depends what you're getting back. If you're trading Claxton and you're getting like some developmental piece, like I'm not that interested, but if you're trading Claxton to, uh, you know, I know Toronto's really wanted him for a while. If you can get like Pascal Siakam, who I'm not even sure what Siakam makes, but Siakam, of course, would be an upgrade over Nick Claxton, as much as I like him. I'm just being realistic. Um, Siakam is still, he's 29 years old. He just turned 29 pretty recently as well. Um, but yeah, he's a guy who averages like 24, 25 a game. Another guy who can play, you know, multiple positions and, and guard basically one through four on defense. So, you know, shooting-wise, I want to see real quick. Not not the best shooter, obviously. I feel like he's had games versus the Nets where he's gone crazy, but that's just something that happens to the Nets sometimes. But, yeah, I mean, Siakam, I'd rather have him than Claxton, obviously, just like in a vacuum. But um, for the Nets in their timeline, I mean, yeah, you have 27-year-old Cam Johnson, 27-year-old Mikael Bridges. This would be 29-year-old Pascal Siakam. Like, it would not shock me. Yeah, I, I'm, that's all I'm saying. Like, OG Ananobi or someone like that. I could see Claxton getting moved. I don't know if I like it. Of course, it depends on the return, but I would prefer to just stick with Claxton, see how next year it goes, and you kind of reevaluate. I think Claxton would stay loyal to the Nets. I don't think, you know, I know he's been in trade rumors before. I know, like, last offseason, no, it was the last, it was the trade deadline of 2022. It was around the time Harden went to the Sixers. Yeah, 2022. There are rumors about, Claxton going to the Raptors that never happened of course and ever since that point Claxton became a pretty big piece of the Nets so maybe he feels some type of way about that but even after that he signed an extension with the Nets last offseason so you know I think he wants to be here hopefully I would just hang on to him and, and see what happens next year but yeah going forward it's a bit of a weird situation Eric Slater who is a Nets beat reporter tweeted this like a half hour ago Reminder, the Nets, specifically Josai, have incentive to avoid the luxury tax this season. Doing so would ensure they can spend freely without paying the repeater tax in 2024 and 2025 and 25-26. Those are the years they're likely going to be star hunting. They are now roughly $6.5 million below the tax line to use in trades and free agency. That could increase with another cost-shedding move. So right now, as the tweet says, $6.5 million to make your other roster adjustments and other moves. So yeah, they can sign some like minimum guys and whatever. But you know, if they do trade a Dorian Finney-Smith or a Patty Mills or whoever, they can open up more as compared to 6.5. They'll get that number up to like, what's Dorian make? Dorian makes like 14 a year. So you can get that number up to like maybe $20 million total. So it depends what they do. But right now... The Nets updated roster, Billy Reinhart tweeted this one. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie, Ben Simmons, Cam Thomas, Edmund Sumner, Patty Mills. Your wings are Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson, DFS, Royce O'Neal, Dariq Whitehead is listed at wings, okay. Jalen Wilson, who is a possible two-way, of course. And then your bigs, of course, the Nets don't really believe in big men, of course. But Nick Claxton, De'Aaron Sharp, Noah Clowney. 
is uh, their quote-unquote big men, which I still don't feel comfortable with that depth, but there still is time to make a move here and get some type of center, but I don't know what's going to happen there. So anyway, yeah, I mean, look, so far the Nets are still a middling team, I have to be honest, and, you know, they're somewhere around 40-something wins next year, low 40s, but... It's not over yet. The offseason just started, basically. I know the drafts happened first day of free agency. We are not sure what's happening with Damian Lillard. Um, once again, they do have incentive to stay below this luxury tax. So if they don't, if they feel that a move is not out there to be in championship contention, they're probably not going to force it. So I am pretty much expecting already the Nets to be kind of just once again a mid team next year i mean it kind of sucks because we went from championship aspirations the past three seasons to now being like ah, i guess we got to be average but once again that hopefully superstars available in two years from now or even a year from now and we can go and get that guy it's just about being patient if the nets rushed it right now and got damian lillard and he got hurt or just he aged very quickly, then yeah, it's going to be a bad move. And maybe the best thing to do here is to just kind of be patient and wait for someone better and younger. Um, you know, wait for Donovan Mitchell. I've, I've mentioned Giannis before, Luka, um, Joel Embiid, especially if Harden leave. That Harden situation, by the way, is crazy. Like, I'm not trying to do a whole NBA talk thing here, but like James Harden opting in with Philly and then seeking a trade to the Clippers was not what really anybody expected, but um, that's Harden's, what, third trade request since January of 2021. It's kind of crazy, but yeah. Um, what else is there to mention about this team? I mean, yeah, once these other free agency signings happen, I'll come on and talk to you guys once again, but um, the Joe Harris move obviously was pretty big. I was not expecting it really coming into today, but then the rumors started swirling and then got the notification he's been traded to the Pistons, and I was like, well, that's, that's kind of crazy, but um, the Nets do save themselves some money. I don't think Joe Harris is ever going to return to prime form, unfortunately, I have to be honest. Um and the Cam Johnson contract, yeah, not thrilled with it. I'm happy the player's back. I like Cam Johnson, the player. Obviously, numbers-wise with the financial situation, it's, you know, it's not great. I preferred um, Cam Johnson about $22 million per year. I think that would have been better. But 27 was the number. Once again, Mikhail Bridges is, is on such a discount of a contract. It kind of evens out in a way, but new one here uh Derek Rose has agreed with the Memphis Grizzlies maybe he'll get some run next year the first 25 games till Ja gets back um but yeah we'll see what happens the Nets definitely still need a, a point guard I do want to see that speaking of point guards I did see reports I think yesterday or the day before that they are considering extending Spencer Dinwiddie which I mean not surprising he's a Nets guy the Nets love him so I don't know how I feel about it I mean once again I've said this before I'll say it again there's been a bad taste left in our mouth with Dinwiddie because of how the playoffs went. He was <laughs> talking that smack to Kyle Kuzma a few days before the playoffs started and was probably the worst net in the playoffs in games one, two, and three. Game four, Dinwiddie was better, but they still lost and whatever. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think Dinwiddie just turned 30 at the end of last year. So he's still in his prime, technically. I would not mind like a two-year extension for him. He's still a solid player, but I prefer Dinwiddie as like a second unit type guy like a guy who kind of runs the second unit I don't really want him to be a starter but he was starting last year because Ben Simmons was not playing when Dinwiddie was here I think they might have played like two or three games together and then Simmons was shut down for the year basically and speaking of Simmons that's a big part of this team I mean it seems like right now unless something changes that 
Simmons will be here next year. And if the Nets do get the good Ben Simmons that we're used to seeing in Philly, um, this team's outlook can be a lot different. They could be a really fun two-way team, more of a defensive-minded team, obviously. But, you know, that's another thing. They are missing some shooting now. They are missing shooting because you had Joe Harris, you had Seth Curry, you do bring back Cam Johnson, which is nice, but you do need some other shooter out there. Like, just Cam Johnson's not enough. I mean, Seth Curry and Joe Harris are probably two of the best 10 set shooters in the NBA. Just, you know, catch and shoot, jump shot guys. Like, they're really good, obviously. So, the numbers back that up. Um, so, yeah, they might need a shooter. They probably need another, another ball handler. Um, if they can get two for one there and just be like, get a point guard that can shoot the ball well. I don't know who that guy is, but if that guy's out there, that's fine as well. But yeah, hopefully there's more clarity in the next few days or so, maybe even tomorrow, maybe tonight. I don't know, but we'll find out hopefully some more clarity about which direction they're going in right now. As I said before, it seems like unless a Damian Lillard trade is going to happen, it seems like the Nets are content being average for this year and being patient, they'll probably be like a play-in team next year, maybe get into the sixth seed again, I don't know, um, and just being average. But, you know, as I said, anything could happen. Like a, a Nick Claxton trade would not shock me. I don't want it to happen yet, but um, I guess anything could happen there. So we'll find out. And once it does happen, I'll come back on and talk to you guys. But hope you guys enjoyed the video. Leave in the comments how do you feel about the moves today. Overall, with the Joe Harris trade, I can't complain. His best days are clearly behind him. Cam Johnson contract, I mean, didn't love the price, but I do like the player a lot. Guys like Cam Johnson, you find them on championship winning teams. Kind of reminds me of like Michael Porter Jr. Um, not the same exact player, but similar build and can shoot the ball well. So, yeah, I mean, just having a guy like that is definitely big. And you got to hope that Mikel Bridges even has another, you know, level to get to next year possibly because everything was on the fly last year he'll be more settled in he'll be used to being a net and being the number one guy so um and of course there's a chance hey they might trade for Lillard I mean I don't know I still expect Lillard to be a heat be a heat it's a weird thing it's a weird way to say it I expect Lillard to be a part of the Miami Heat I'll put it that way but um that, of course, has to happen. So we'll find out. Max Struess is gone now. And Gabe Vincent went to, where did he go? Toronto, maybe? It was a pretty cheap contract, too. I forget where he, I think it was Toronto. But um, anyway, yeah, that'll do it. We'll find out what happens. And I'll talk to you guys next time.